Whether you rent or own, Geico makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Having a home is hard work. So get a quote at geico.com. Easy. Thank goodness 2020 is finally behind us. Unfortunately, a lot of us put Christmas on a credit card and those bills, well, they're still in front of us. Here's a pro tip for you. Don't make a new year's resolution to save money. Just head over to savewithconrad.com right now. We make saving money fast and easy. Just ask Benji in Louisiana. He left us a five-star review and wrote, why did I wait so long? Process was very easy. No hard sell. Signed closing documents at my kitchen table. What about Jared up in Beeville, Texas? He says this was a quick and easy process. First family was very helpful and easy to communicate with. They always got back to me in a timely manner. I would recommend first family to anyone. What about William in Gallatin, Tennessee? He says it was great working with Jimmy and the rest of Conrad's staff at first family who knew listening to grilling JR and something to wrestle could save me over 130 grand and seven years off of my loan with almost no increase in payment. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. And here's the thing. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And we're licensed in more than 40 states. So what are you waiting for? If you've got credit card debt, it's not a matter of if we can save you money. It's a matter of how much. Find out right now for free and keep more of your own money at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Hurry to SaveWithConrad.com right now. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. Everybody's heard this. Make sure your sweetheart knows she's your star. Picture it. It's Valentine's day. And she opens this really cool gift box and outslides a blue rose trimmed in gold. You know, the blue color of the sky just before the sun sets. And you can start seeing all the stars sparkling in the night sky. It's breathtaking. Now picture a magnificent real 24 karat gold rose deeply dipped in pure 24 karat gold with petals in this rich blue color covered in sparkles that mimic the stars in the sky. That's twinkle twinkle, the brand new exclusive rose only available at Steven Singer jewelers, real jewelers, real roses, really dipped in pure 24 karat gold with a real lifetime guarantee. It's always the number one Valentine's day gift that lasts forever. It comes with your own free personal love note and it ships fast and free to the love of your life, your wife, your daughter, or your sweetheart. And it says, I'm so lucky to have you in my life. Steven's brand new roses is $79, but his real 24 karat gold dipped roses started only 59. Go right now to I hate Steven singer.com. That's I hate Steven singer.com. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson and you're listening to Arn. And of course we couldn't do it without the master of the spine buster, the enforcer himself, double a, the founder of the four horsemen, Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you, man? Getting better, getting better. Uh, without messing up this broadcast, when does this air? This is going to air on Tuesday, the fifth. And we are so glad that all of you are joining us. We are recording this on the second. So I guess it's happy new year all around, right? Yes, sir. Uh, I think people were smart from what I'm gathering and hopefully toned it down on the celebrating and large groups. And uh, hopefully we can get the corner turned and start getting some positive things happening. I tell you, I, I heard they took it so seriously that there was no celebrating in the whole state of South Carolina this weekend. 
Can you confirm? Cannot. Cannot. Yeah, the- uh, I know there was no celebrating in North Carolina. There was like a 9 p.m. curfew on last call. Uh, I was being a smart ass about the fact that Clemson lost and got destroyed by Ohio state. Oh, probably not much celebrating happening in South bend either. We're marching towards the college football championship. It's going to be the Alabama crimson tide thumping that head, uh, for the Ohio state Buckeyes Aaron, you're an sec guy, but you're an old school ball fan. Who you got? Well, I gotta be honest with you. Uh, Ohio state looks pretty sharp. Yes, they do. Offensively. Uh, I hadn't seen them play prior to this. I did watch them destroy Clemson. So if that's a barometer, we may have a, I tell you what I'd like to see a 62, 61 score. And I'm not opposed to Alabama going over. I just want to see one of those exciting shootouts. Well, I, uh, I'm, I'm for that. Being an Alabama fan, it's been a fairly boring season. It's been lots of blowouts. My dad enjoys them. I'm ready to change the channel. I'm hoping it's a competitive game, but I hope Alabama gets the W at the end of the day. But based on your score prediction, uh, if we've got any, uh, armchair betters, I'd say, take the over, huh? Who knows? I'm hoping I'm just hoping for an exciting game. Well, I'm hoping for an exciting episode today. We're going to start the new year with a bang. Uh, one of the trademarks of our show here is ask Arn anything, and we're going to keep that on track today. Next week, we're going to be back with a very special watch along. You don't want to miss it. It's a very special episode of WCW Saturday night from January 16th, 1993. We're going to crown a new United States champion. There's lots of other storyline stuff, but there is one of the more memorable angles of Arn's entire career. You got to see it. Uh, but for now let's jump into ask Arn, uh, wrestling the way you remember it wants to know, why did you go by the name Jim Verdurs or Jim Verd? What was that name? And why did you do it very briefly in Georgia? Don't try to figure it out. Verduroso. I guess in those days, let me just tell you, here was the protocol. When you were enhancement talent and you came to Atlanta television or any other television for that matter, uh, and you were just there to be enhancement talent, they just gave you a name. They didn't ask you. They just made sure that, uh, you know, they looked you over. You had about a two or three minute conversation as far as, uh, experience. And then, uh, they gave you a name and said, okay, we're going to call you this guy. And it was just part of the protocol in those days. Uh, so that is why I was for one brief moment in time, Jim Verderoso. Have you ever signed an autograph as that? Nah. Can I be your first one? Can you sign me a picture to an autograph at Jim Verderoso? No. <laughs> I think that's only the second time you've shut me down on something. Maybe the third. I'm going to stick to my guns on that one. A uh, great friend of the show, Joel Wood. And shout out to Joel for uh, making sure he changed his handle so I would read it that way. It's very rare that I see somebody famous who's from where I'm from in Rome, Georgia. I grew up off Burnett Ferry Road in West Rome. Do you have any memories of living there or are you not there long enough to form any? You, along with Dusty, were my guys growing up. 
no, I, I went through high school there and, you know, played football for East Rome, which will tell you that we were, uh, our rival was West Strong. And those guys always had a very good uh, football program, football team, pretty much just a good sports uh, acumen, pretty much, for Rome. And uh, that was our big game. It was the last game of the year, and a lot of times it would decide, you know, the championship for for Rome anyway. Uh, Rome was a little bitty town. It was – Great to, to grow up in, but once you got out of high school, there were very few places to work and make a real nice living. So you had to pretty much get out of Rome if you were going to make a living or land one of the few like like Georgia Craft, Georgia Power, one of those jobs, you know. But for me, I had already decided what I'd wanted to do and was uh, – just trying to figure out a way to get there. Whether you own or rent Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. Go to Geico.com today. Hey, real quick. I want to remind you if you've got credit card debt, or if you're in a 30 year loan, save with Conrad.com can get you the best deal you've ever had. Can we get you a better interest rate on your mortgage? Absolutely. Can we help you pay your house off faster and keep roughly the same monthly payment? We do it all the time. What about credit card debt? Can we help you knock that out? 100%. We should mention we routinely help our listeners save five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. Find out how much money you can save right now for free. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. And if we can't help you save some cash, we won't waste your time. We're licensed in more than 40 states. So what are you waiting for? Hurry to savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Seriously, let me and my staff at First Family Mortgage help you get 2021 started right. Save a boatload of cash at savewithconrad.com. A rare beast writes, maybe a weird question, but one that's been on my mind. I imagine there's pressure to look like you do on TV. So with a traveling schedule, especially one as intense as the one you had with WWE, how does getting a haircut work on the road? Uh, you normally don't, you normally wait till, uh, a either television. If you work for WWE, they have people there that are, uh, grooming the ladies, makeup ladies, you know, doing hair, the whole thing. If you can sneak in there and get a haircut, you do. Otherwise you just have to take some of your free time when you're at home, sit by the barbershop and get cleaned up. Raw jaw says, could you ask Arn about the best of seven series between Benoit and Booker T it was the first of its kind I ever witnessed. Each match was better than the last. Arn, I think the first best of seven hour call was in the Crockett days with, uh, Nikita and Magnum. Is that the first best of seven you remember? You know, I do recall vividly the Benoit and Booker T I don't recall so much Nikita and Magnum other than the fact that I remember them coming through the curtain every night going, you know, they were like nodding. They were happy with that. It was physical. I can tell you that between those guys and for fans that like it physical, it wouldn't have been a candidate for match of the year. I don't think with Magnum and Nikita, 
but certainly when it was over, you felt like you'd watched a hell of a fight. Now you get to the Benoit and Booker T series. You're talking about two really, really polished performers. Yeah. And each one of those matches, they were aware of what they did the time before or possibly two times before. And they built their story through that whole seven best of seven. And, uh, it was, it was a masterpiece. Here's an interesting one that we've never really talked about before. And I'm not sure, uh, that we'll even have enough time to make the whole list. Me says who is actively wrestling today that in your opinion is a definite hall of famer. There's a lot of talent out there. Can you give us a handful Lauren that really stand out and jump off the page to you? Uh, now we're not talking about people that are ready now, or are we talking about, we're talking about people- active in ring. And let me go ahead and say, let's don't mention AEW. Let's just talk about who you worked with in WWE. Who's still there. Uh, how do you, uh, how is AJ styles? Not at the top of the list. He's gotta be on the list. I totally agree. Uh, Seth Rollins, I think has got to be on the list. Yep. Um, Roman's on the list. I think Randy Orton obviously is on the list. Of course. No brainer, right? Absolutely. Uh, how about Ray Mysterio? Gotta be. Got to be. Um, I'm sure I'm going to leave out a tie guys and I definitely do not mean to oh well yeah like i said we can't get to them all my goodness there's so many um for sure those guys not off the top of it and i'm sorry if i've insulted anybody and left them out oh no as i said dude we could talk for an hour about that you know i mean even guys like the miz he's quietly had a hall of fame career i mean that dude's main event at wrestlemania and been a good soldier and you know i don't think ever been injured just on and on and on all the great stuff he's done for the company. Yeah. And you have to judge, uh, each guy differently. What does he bring to the table? Right. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see when Roman reigns, you know, his career shakes out, you know, the twists and turns that will have gotten him to, I'm pretty sure all of fame, uh, mentioned, uh, he has really came on the last year because he was allowed to be himself and that is always a good thing. Yeah. The stuff he's done with Paul Heyman, I don't know that you've seen much of it has just been outstanding. Um, here's another, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. Jared says, what's Arn's go-to steak, a ribeye, a filet, and what are the sides? Bone in cowboy ribeye cooked real medium pink. Baked potato, butter and bacon on the side. Nice big fat bowl of uh, coleslaw. Coleslaw and steak. Boy, I never heard of that before. Love it. Well, I ain't mad at it. I'll try it. I'm fat. Don't tell me with a good time. What's uh, that? Which, oh, which would imply that I am also fat. Oh, no. No, no. I'm just saying, if you got a good food recommendation, I'm probably game for it. I never sat down to that meal and went. You know, I'm fat. If I eat this, I'm going to continue to be fat. I just tested the taste buds in my mind and went, yeah, 
That sounds pretty good. Let's go with that. Well, who's your favorite fast food, uh, coleslaw? We haven't talked about that before, but coleslaw oh. is an underrated deal. Oh no, there's no comparison. K- KFC. Yes, sir. KFC, bro. I don't know why people don't come around on that. I, I've got people in my life who di- who disagree and say, oh, I don't like KFC's coleslaw. It's like, dude, delete your social media. That's, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Well, here's going to be a little bit of an adaptation. Buy an extra large one besides the one that you're going to eat with your meal. <coughs> Take and chop you up some onion real good in it. Just a small amount, and I mean small amount, of mustard and stir that all up. Put a little pepper in there with it. And there's your condiment for your hot dogs. Wow. Slaw Dog City. I had not ever heard of that. I'll have to check that out. And you beef it up with the onions and all the other stuff, and it's outstanding. Craig says in 89, if you would have stayed with the WWF without Tully and you had to pick a tag partner, who would you have wanted to go with? Haku was good. Wow. That's a great answer. I don't know that I would have picked it, but that's a great answer. Well, he took Tully's, uh, he took Tully's spot on some of those bookings and Stepped right in there and chemistry was, was great. Loved having him as a partner. Guy was a workhorse. Um, yeah, he would have been just fine. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. Everybody's heard this. Make sure your sweetheart knows she's your star. Picture it. It's Valentine's day. And she opens this really cool gift box and outslides a blue rose trimmed in gold. You know, the blue color of the sky just before the sun sets and you can start seeing all the stars sparkling in the night sky. That's breathtaking. Now picture a magnificent real 24 karat gold rose deeply dipped in pure 24 karat gold with petals in this rich blue color covered in sparkles that mimic the stars in the sky. That's twinkle twinkle, the brand new exclusive rose only available at Steven Singer jewelers, real jewelers, real roses, really dipped in pure 24 karat gold with a real lifetime guarantee. It's always the number one Valentine's day gift that lasts forever. It comes with your own free personal love note and it ships fast and free to the love of your life, your wife, your daughter, or your sweetheart. And it says, I'm so lucky to have you in my life. Steven's brand new roses is $79, but his real 24 karat gold dipped roses started only 59. Go right now to I hate That's I hate Here's a STL fan 28. He says, you need to choose a tag partner. To take on the road warriors, would you pick Booker T or Ron Simmons? Hmm. Wow. I don't think you could favor one over the other. I'm, I'm going Ron Simmons. I mean, Ron Simmons, we've always been told is unfuck withable. I'm not saying Booker T is Booker T seen a thing or two and done a thing or two. Just saying Ron Simmons, my goodness. Well, you're not going to steamroll Ron Simmons. And number two, Booker is a veteran and pretty damn salty himself. And he is a seasoned performer, not to say Ron's not, but Booker would have went out there and tore the joint down and dazzled him with bullshit and gotten physical when he needed to. 
Simmons would just matches up with anybody on earth. So it's, uh, you know, you would get the same result. You would get a very competitive match with either one of those guys. This is an interesting question here because we hear people in newsletters talk about it. And I've even heard Jr. talk about it before Joe dangerously writes when walking to the ring, knowing you're losing a match, perhaps costing yourself money for big matches in the future. Is it tougher to keep a brave face? I asked this question, Arn, uh, and, and I picked it because I've heard Meltzer and Jr. both say, sometimes you could just tell when the guy walked through the curtain, he had his quote unquote boo-boo face on, which I think is a, a, a unique to wrestling term boo-boo face. What say you, is it tougher knowing you're going to be looking at the lights at the end of the night? <laughs> no, I think when they come to the curtain, any guy that has on his <clears throat> job face. Yeah. Probably in the wrong business, but you've seen it before you've seen talent. Sure. Yeah. 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 It's easy to spot. And it's because that particular person has the wrong goal in mind coming to no, number one. I never went through the curtain <clears throat> that I believed I was just going to roll in the ring and get slaughtered. Right. Never crossed my mind. Never even considered it. So I'm already on my way to a fight where I'm going to be competitive, whether the other guy across the ring is Simmons or the road warriors or Steve Williams or, you know, whoever it may be, it's a frame of mind. It's putting yourself into, Hey, this is fight mode. Right. I belong out in that ring. I've earned my way into that ring. I can compete with anybody in that ring. And that's what I'm going to bring step into the ropes. And if you have that in your heart, and in your gut, that's what you're going to show in your eyes. And I can look at a guy's eyes and tell you right away if he's confident, not confident, suspect, thinking more about who's winning and losing than he is having a great match. Uh, so, you know, I've seen that look, and it's mostly inexperienced, and it's mostly guys that have different goals, mostly self-serving other than what's good for the company, what's good for the match, et cetera, et cetera. I think you bring up a great point when it's usually inexperienced guys. I know, um, you would never intentionally get on here and sort of out someone or shame someone. So I'm not asking you to do that, but was there a time when you were an agent where you felt like you needed to go sort of give a guy a checkup from the neck up, you could see that look in his eye. And before he went out, you needed to pull him aside and say, Hey man, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're going through, but, and drop some old school knowledge on him. Has that had to happen before? I know if it would have happened, it would have been on the way back through the curtain. I see. Because I mean, there's no way of telling if you're back, you know, and you're back there with them and you're watching them walk, you know, kind of make their way around on the other side of the curtain. They're getting ready for their entrance. You, you can kind of get a grasp a little bit of where their head's at. Right but not as much as you get when they come back through the curtain where their head's at. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when they come back through the curtain, are you looking for things like body language, like slumped shoulders and their head down or something like that? Uh, yeah. You know, what I look for more than anything. What's that? If they just got beat with, let's just say a Ron Simmons spine buster, 
I would certainly, when the match was over and the guy rolled out of the ring, sell his ass off all the way back down that aisle and all the way back through that curtain. Make that move that just beat him. It just held him down for three seconds as big as you can possibly make it. It just makes common sense to me. And when you, sometimes when you see a guy who doesn't do that, it's because he's in his own head, you think? And he's disrespecting the guy's finish. He's disrespecting the match. He's disrespecting the business. He's just, he's thinking about why are they beating me? What the hell? Guess what? Tonight, pal, it wasn't about you. Right. That's the answer. And I guess it's worth mentioning sometimes, you know, because of their inexperience, they may not even realize that's the case, right? Like they don't know they're being disrespectful. Some, some really don't. And then you pull them aside and, you know, I've heard things even as crazy as this, you know, pull them aside and go, Hey, you know, I wish you would have sold more coming back through the curtain, you know, and, and right before they can even think about it, it flies out of their mouth. Yeah. But Aaron, this is the fourth week in a row. They beat me. Mm. Well, I'm not expecting that to be the retort. Right. And, you know, maybe I don't know the, the history of the past month. Sure. But, you know, I apologize for that usually at the time. And I go, but still, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you did two oh. weeks ago or three weeks ago or four weeks ago. You didn't handle yourself properly and in a business-like manner tonight. And that's what we're addressing tonight. Uh, we all make mistakes. Uh, every single one of us makes mistakes, but when you make a hustling mistake, it's one thing. If you make an honest mistake, it's another thing. But if you make a mistake just because you're bullheaded and what does that do for me? Now you got problems. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work, but you know, what's easy bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or your renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. I want to clarify something you said there. You said a hustling mistake. You mean in terms of you're going through the motions in a match and you just Maybe you, maybe you rush something a little bit. It looks sloppy. I just meant physically. You didn't mean the act of scamming someone in that dirt, that, that definition of the word hustle. You meant physical. No, no, no. Hustle. I mean, they get wound up in, in whatever they're doing and they rush something and they, their feet aren't planted. Say it's a, a superplex off the top and a guy shoots up there and hooks a guy. And before he can get his feet set, he takes off with the superplex anyway. Right. And he ends up over rotating him, under rotating him, turning him a little bit where he lands on his shoulder. That's what I call a hustling mistake. Yeah. Let's do another one here. Um, does Arn feel like he had better in ring chemistry with Ole or Tully? Speaking of Ole, why didn't the Minnesota wrecking crew get a run with the NWA tag titles? That comes to us from Vermont Mike. I feel like I learned huge amount from both guys and different things from both guys. Um, Ole, I learned 
watching from the apron and every little thing he did, I learned credibility, right? Believability, no wasted motion, make it a baby face work for everything he gets. That way the audience will appreciate it yep. and respect it. Uh, and I think that was very important and only had that down better than anybody I've ever seen. Tully was a guy that would just go out and do whatever he had to do to bust his ass, cater to his opponent's strengths, stay away from his weaknesses and make himself unlikable almost immediately. Tully was a heel's heel and, uh, one of the best of all time. Do you think Tully's one of the most, I, I guess he has that in common with Arn. They're two of the most misunderstood figures, maybe in all of wrestling, because you put over both the guys so glowingly and we hear bad things from other people who say that this guy had a bad attitude about this or that or whatever, but man, my experience with both of those folks has been fantastic. Do you think they're both two of the most misunderstood guys in wrestling? Well, it's hard to, if you look at Ole on face value and, and I'm just, again, I'm a guy that, that, uh, if you ask me my opinion about somebody, I'm going to tell you my opinion, according to how he has treated me. Correct. But you're going to hear Ole's name come up and a lot of people go, man, what an asshole. Well, Ole was the boss a couple mm. of times. Yeah. He was the booker a couple of times. He was the owner a couple of times. And when you're in that position, you're going to screw guys out of money. You're going to screw guys out of position. You know, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to have to fire guys and all those things that preceded only just only the wrestler, I'm sure has a lot to do with the way a lot of people feel about him. Right. And, uh, and let's just face it. He says, whatever pops in his, his brain comes out his mouth. And he, he that's only, that's who he is. Let's do another one here. Sonny Martinez says any good memories of coming to Buffalo and what was your go-to wing spot here? You know, there's a gentleman that Italian, one of the boys that lives there. And I bet, you know who it is. He owns a restaurant there in Buffalo. He was probably a star maybe from the seventies, but he always catered the events when, when we, whoever it was had a show in Buffalo, he would bring down just a, a ton of wings and pasta and pizza and, and just bring it down backstage was awesome. And, uh, so generous on his part. I just wish I could remember his name and I think he still has a restaurant. I don't know. That didn't ring a bell to me, but I'm sure. Sure, we'll come up with it by by the time we talk again. Italian name, Italian shooting Italian descent, great Italian food. DePaulo? Who? Uh like uh Elio DePaulo. He would have died in ninety five though, and you're saying this guy still alive? No, I think he's still alive, yeah. Okay. Well he was an Italian wrestler from Buffalo who opened a restaurant, but maybe not the same fella. Let's, uh, let's circle back on that one though. Uh, Josh wants to know what was your favorite town to work? Boy, that's a, a wide open, open-ended question. 
Let's talk about crowds. What was your favorite crowd to work in front of? Was Chicago near the top of the list? Of course. Uh, it's, if you really look at it over the body of 30 years or 35 years that I would have been going to Chicago, it's with, you know, several different companies. It never let us down. It never failed us. Packed crowds, enthusiastic crowds. Uh, just awesome. Atlanta was great. Uh, Baltimore was great. Philly was great. Uh, Greensboro, you can never leave Greensboro out, ever. Uh, on a smaller scale, like Birmingham, Alabama, when I worked for uh, Bob Armstrong and the Fullers, every single Monday. Now, this is running every Monday. Right. Though we would do – Fifteen to twenty thousand dollars on a Monday. Was that Batwell? Batwell Auditorium. Yep. Dark stage, dark arena. People were awesome. Uh, it just was a great setting, and if the fans were tremendous. Uh, a lot of a lot of great great cities that we went to. Um, Jacksonville, Florida, was always good. Hey, let me ask uh, you. You said something a minute ago about dark, dark stage dark crowd blah 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 uh i heard something i don't know if it was from jim ross or if it was tony shivani but one of those guys recently on one of our shows said you know when vince lights the crowd up like he does they don't make as much noise because people think they're they're being seen and they're visible and they almost get self-conscious or maybe embarrassed about being excited or hooting and hollering and yelling and getting into it but if they're in the dark, they're more likely to respond and react and be vocal because they feel like they've got some privacy and maybe, uh, I don't know, anonymity. Do you agree with that? Yep. hundred percent. And here's the decision that was made. I suppose there's no comparison. If you have the arena dark, that the noise is just insane. Uh, now, if you light up the crowd, they are going to be self-conscious about raising holy hell. Right. And they're not going to be as loud. And that's where Vince would pipe in the artificial noise mm. to get the best of both worlds. He wanted you to see the fact that the building was full. Yep. Uh, where you would get hooked sometimes is if you just did a shot of like opposite hard camera and you know, that whole section of people, well, when their, their noise is just deafening, but nobody's moving and nobody's screaming and people are just sitting there with their hands in their pockets. It's a little bit of a disconnect. Yeah, I would say so. So it's, it, you know, it's a hundred percent though. If the crowd, if it's dark, whether it's a live event or television, it doesn't matter. You're going to have more noise. And the crowd, I think, has a better time. Joe Dangerously wants to know, what finishing maneuver did you hate taking the most? Can I guess? Doomsday device? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, that wouldn't have been a good one. Anything that, well, even if it was... Uh, like a German suplex or, 
or something that was going backwards that I had no control over. So you're off your feet and backwards. That's bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I have to, you know, German suplexes, if done properly, it's not an issue. If done wrongly can end your career, can break your neck very, very easy. Uh, and there's no way once you give your body to somebody, you got to trust him that he's going to get you over, get you flat and land you. It's going to be high impact. You know that, but as long as he don't fold you up, you know, you're okay. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. Fortunately, Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. It's a good thing too, because having a home is hard work. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save Geico.com easy. There's no better time to say, I love you. And the most hated jeweler in America is at it again. You've heard us say, I hate Steven singer. And you've heard us rave about his famous roses, but Steven singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades. Whether you have someone or something to celebrate, Steven is there for you. Ready to take the next step? Well, Steven has a ready for love engagement ring collection. That's no hassle, no risk, expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. And don't worry, Steven won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but he recently kicked everything up a notch to better serve his friends and guests online. He has real expert jewelers on call. To help you find the perfect ring or gift through new virtual video appointments, calls, texts, chats, or emails, all with extended hours. On top of that, he offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100 day, 100% money back guarantee and free shipping. Interest free financing is available online too, and that's just the beginning. Gifts that say I love you every single day, backed with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home, it's easy. Just go to IHateStevenSinger.com. Fast, free, and safe shipping. It's Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Let's uh, let's do another one here. This one is from uh, Mayhem. You're known for giving nicknames. Can you talk a little bit about the nicknames you've given people, Wombat, etc.? And what's your favorite nickname that one of the boys has? Hmm. Well, I nicknamed Luger Eggplant. Uh, Wombat, that would be Tully, correct? I'm not sure. I know I know Flair was Beak. Flair was Beak, definitely. Um, there was a chicken, wasn't there? Didn't you name Dustin? Chicken? You know, that's up to Dustin to tell you what that's all about. <laughs> uh, I'm sure there is a trillion guys that I've nicknamed. I just can't, I just can't think of it at the moment. Um, there's a Johnny bench. One we'll tell one day. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> did Tony Schiavone uh, have one? Oh, did Tony, I don't know. He would, well, he would be the best one to ask. Let me, let me do put it to you this way though. I didn't nickname anybody that I didn't have time for. Right. It was all, it was all meant and fun and jest. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't do it maliciously and, uh, it was just something that just popped up spur of the moment came out of nowhere. 
and it usually stuck. Was it, was it Nikita or Luger? You called GQ for a while. That would be uh, Nikita GQ ball. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he showed up dressed to the nines, which I thought was a little bit funky for a, a 285 pound Russian killing machine to show up with, you know, polo dick to the nines, but maybe that was just me. Dusty was rubbing off on him. Uh, Joe wants to know living or dead. Who would you want to give a spine buster to living or dead? Hmm. How about George, the giant? Oh yeah. Uh, Elegante. Elegante and Giant Gonzalez. You'd like to give him a spawn buster? Yeah, he's kind of got one coming. John Osborne says, Do you have any stories of Brian Pillman backstage? Did you ever go out drinking with him? Was he one of the boys or was he uh, more of a loner? No, no. Pillman <laughs> Pillman was like with Tom Zink. They were running buddies and the stories that they would tell in the locker room the next day scared me to death. Yeah. They had another level of partying. Yeah. Yeah. And there was some vicious, malicious shit went on at their parties. Uh, I was, I was too old back then to even consider any of that. So, uh, I did get along great with Brian. Brian is a, you know, he was a really entertaining guy. You just never knew who was Brian and who was the other guy. And he was he kept that very close to the vest. And it was very uh, convincing, just depending on who he was that day. Were some of those uh, parties, did you think, did you ever hear stories of them involving uh, uh, head clippers? Yeah. Some people's head got shaved and. You know, uh, airbrush stories. There's a lot of weird ones out there. Yeah. 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 Just stuff that today would probably get you five to seven years <laughs> in the joint. You'd be on TMZ for sure. Oh, at least, uh, John wants to know, do you have any championship title belts at home on display? What's your most prized keepsake that you have at home from your career besides your memories? Of course. You know, I don't have any, uh, championships, not originals. I have a, a replica or two, but I gave the two that I had from the old day to a friend of mine for safekeeping. Uh, when I found out how, you know, a big fan he was and how much it meant to him collecting some of this stuff, the original stuff. How could I go? How could I go wrong? And, uh, that gentleman happens to be on the other half of your screen. Yeah. And thanks for that. Arn. I appreciate that. They're, uh, displayed proudly. Now it's nice being a tag team champion. I think I've had a longer run with the belts now than you did. Well, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't remember, remember even winning a match, much less becoming champion and staying champion. Uh, what was the other half of the question? Right, what's your most prized keepsake that you still have oh, from yeah. your career? You know, there's a, I have a picture, uh, 
that was taken in Detroit with Muhammad Ali. And he had done one of the shows. It was for WCW. And uh, he called me up and sat down and, and was implored me that he knew who I was. And uh, I was about six or seven people in line backstage, you know, and he looked up and he saw me and he just kind of waved me around, you know, some of the people that were in line. And these were, you know, some executives for the, with the company and all that. And I'm sure it pissed them off pretty royally. But uh, when, I, when Muhammad Ali says, come on up here, you come on up there. And uh, he said, sit down, champ. Da, da, da. How you doing? Da, da, da. How you doing, Enforcer? And I'm just telling you, I was Google-eyed. Right. Starstruck. It's Muhammad Ali, for God's sakes. Wow. And uh, I've got that picture uh, up in the, you know, the, uh, I guess you would call it the wall of fame. And it's probably one of the things that's, you know, most mostly because it, it just didn't have the connotations of how many times you were champion or any of that stuff. It was just when a guy that was at the top of his game and, and just, just who he was to him, humanity knows who you are. It's pretty damn flabbergasting, just to be honest with you. No, it's a big deal. I totally agree. Yeah. Here's one from uh Mr. Osborne. Do you ever speak to Barry Windham? When was the last time you got to catch up with him and how's he doing these days? Well, I do speak to Barry when we do these signings together. Uh I always try to you know, get an hour or so and visit with him in the course of signings. Uh, we've done in the past couple of years, maybe three or four of those. And uh, it's always a pleasure to see Barry. Barry still the way he was happy go lucky. Uh, seems to be happy with his life and what's going on. And it's always a pleasure to get with him and JJ and Tully. And let's just, uh, you know, shoot the breeze for a little bit. Drew Landry wants to know, do you think Goldberg's best match in WCW was against DDP at Halloween Havoc or against Hogan at the Georgia Dome? Hmm. I don't know. I guess you would probably have to ask him that. What did he think? Um, probably did more for the company, did more for the show that night. Uh, did more for him, did more for his opponent. That That's more of a question you would have to ask Goldberg. I think he recently said that he thought the Havoc match was his best match, but sometimes uh, guys argue, no, the best match is the one that made the most money. And in that regard, I, it's probably the most impactful match he ever had was uh, at the Georgia Dome against Hogan. So I don't think there's a wrong answer. No, not really. It, it, it's... Did it advance somebody's career? Did it advance two people's careers? There's a lot of, there's a lot more to this business than just who won and lost. When it's all said and done and that ring is clear, what are the people saying that are sitting in the audience? Man, what a hell of a fight. Man, did that blow. All the things that they're saying and all the opinions and what you end up, what was the majority opinion? That's the most important thing. 
who's going to buy a ticket next time. Really interesting one here, uh, from Adam. He says, what event do you feel robbed the industry more Magnum's car accident or totally being blackballed? Wow. Both horrible tragedies. That's for sure. No doubt. Um, God, I, I don't know how you can even, uh, guess as to what the ramifications would have been if Magnum would have stayed healthy. You know, he could have been one of the biggest stars that the business has ever known. And that wouldn't be much of a stretch for me to say that, that if he continued on his, you know, on track to where he was heading, credible, credible, uh, career was ahead of him you know we've talked about you know if Tully would have came back when the that that deal was being put together if he would have shown up who knows what that would have brought um, I don't know it's one of those things you'll people will always be going hmm well, it's the new year. And for a lot of us, that means it's time for some resolutions. And for a lot of us, a resolution is going to be to start eating a little healthier, maybe take control of our health a little more. And if you're looking to do that, it's a good thing because this episode is brought to you by magic spoon. Here's the thing, man, growing up cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid, but eventually we all give it up because we realize it's just full of sugar and junk. We probably shouldn't be eating. And if you've been trying to cut down on carbs or sugar in the new year, probably feel like man i can't eat anything anymore but magic spoon is going to make breakfast fun again and check this out it's zero sugar it's 11 grams of protein it's only three net grams of carbs in each serving you just can't beat that and oh by the way it tastes amazing it's honestly too good to be true you've got a bunch of different flavors to pick from cocoa fruity frosted and blueberry uh, this goes like hotcakes at my house actually it goes like magic spoon the girls at my house are ready for the delivery every single month. This is keto friendly. So even Eric Bischoff can rock it. It's gluten free. So it'll even work for Casio's girl, big booty, Judy. It's grain free. It's soy free. It's low carb and it's GMO free. Uh, we've sort of waffled back and forth about what our favorite here is at the Thompson household. Coco seems to be winning lately. It's always the first one to go, uh, but just try them all for yourself. Go to magicspoon.com forward slash Arn. To grab a variety pack and try it today and be sure to use our promo code ARN at checkout and you'll even get free shipping. By the way, magic spoon is so confident in their product. It's backed by a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. That's magicspoon.com forward slash ARN and be sure to use the promo code ARN for free shipping. And we thank magic spoon for sponsoring the podcast helping us all feel a little better and get a little healthier in the new year. Hurry right now to magicspoon.com forward slash Arn. Big Extra wants to know, hey, Arn, do you keep in touch with Davey Boy Jr.? I would love to see him and the rest of the New Heart Foundation and AEW. Also, what are your thoughts on Brian Pillman Jr.? He has a great look and seems primed to move up in AEW. Yep. Uh, Brian's, Brian's uh, son has a, a lot of Brian in him. I can see that. Mostly more so than uh, uh, anything, just his look. 
when you look at him, someone says, that's Brian Pillman's kid. You go, Oh, Hey, I see that. Yeah. You know, and it's more so that than, than how he acts. I think, I think they're way different on the way that, uh, they conduct themselves. Uh, what was the other part? I'm sorry. David boy, Jr. David boy, Jr. Yes. He's called me a couple of times and texted me a couple of times and, I've spoke to him. I think the world of that kid I always have. He's always been a go getter and, and trying to, to polish his craft and his work has continually gotten better. I loved him and TJ as, as a team. Yeah. You and I've, you and I've had that conversation. Yeah. Many uh, times. My God, were they good? And, uh, that's another one that no telling how good they could have been if they could have stayed together for five years. Uh, I got a feeling he's going to be a hot commodity, uh, when things open back up and, uh, sure love to have him. Here's one from Michael, and this is topical because we just covered it with Bruce. What do you remember of the John Cena, Kevin Federline match on raw back in new year's day, 2007, were you the agent for the match? Yeah. Yes, sir. And, uh, it was, it was rotten. <laughs> what do you, th- what did anybody think it was going to be? Bruce, uh, Bruce, of course, defended it and said that it was great publicity, blah, blah, blah. But I knew you, uh, couldn't have been a fan of having your champion out there with a dancer. Well, I flew out a couple weeks beforehand with John and we met him. Uh, Federline at a, someone had a ring out there on the West coast. I'm not sure exactly whose ring it was, but for a couple hours, we tried to show him just some basics and no offense to Kevin. You don't just walk in this business and pick it up in an afternoon. Right. You just don't. If it was, that was the case, every person alive would be, a professional wrestler because it's the most wonderful way to make a living in the world. Uh, but I've never been a proponent of having actors come into our business and notoriously a hundred percent of the time, this is what happens. They walk in from the entertainment industry. And so that we can be on entertainment tonight, or we're going to be on, whatever the entertainment show may be the next day or get press on ESPN. We have our guys have to bow down to the fricking actors. Right. And it's always drove me crazy. Do you think it would, it would hurt anything if a highly skilled uh, wrestler beat an actor who was a third his size? I don't think so. I think it would be easier to swallow because notoriously what ends up happening is whoever that celebrity is, if they bring our fans are there to watch wrestlers and wrestling. They're not there to watch Kevin Petaline or, or to see uh, Jay Leno standing above Hulk Hogan with an arm bar applied. It's just, you know, I'm not uh, David Arquette, I think is a really nice guy, you know, very respectful, you know, to see him in any fashion, 
just survive being in the ring with one of our guys. It tests everything that we're trying to do on a daily basis. And, you know, Bruce has got to, uh, you know, stay the course with the thought process. And I don't, I'm pretty sure that no one's going to agree with, with me as far as being right. But, you know, you can only prostitute yourself, your industry, your business so many times. And people start to look at you like, Hey, okay. Yeah. They got a plug on entertainment tonight, but come on, man. Yeah, I ain't buying that. What a, what a bunch of crap. Right. So do you end up long-term hurting the talent that has to perform this? Right. Or is the short-term goal of getting on entertainment tonight on a 30-second spot, is it worth it? Probably for somebody with a higher pay grade than me to answer, but who knows? This is an interesting question about road trips. Stoner Dale says, when you were riding from town to town with the boys, what was protocol for who controlled the stations? So he's talking about the radio. Who's on radio duty? Does it, is it driver always gets to call co-pilot has to handle maps and directions, opening beers and the radio station. Does the veteran pick? We usually, uh, there wasn't any radio. We're talking about the show. Okay. You know, back in the days where we traveled together, we would talk about on our way to the show. Now you would listen to some music and the two guys in the back might be sleeping. The guy sitting in the uh, shotgun seat never slept. Oldest rule in the world. You do not go to sleep on the driver. Because then he got a chance of falling asleep, killing everybody. So shotgun never sleeps, period. And you might have you know, heard some soothing music on the way to the show. Leaving the show, uh, we would talk about, you know, pop some beers and uh, and uh, talk about the show and, and you know, pick, pick each other's brains about what could be better. What would you do? What, you know, what should I have done here? Damn, that sucked. How could I fix that? You know, it was mostly that. And that's where you learned the business. And I think guys that have been around a while back to those days of territories, will tell you the same thing. You got as much knowledge on those trips really as you did almost in the ring. Dismal abysmal says, is it smart for a wrestler to use his real name as his professional character name? Why or why not? They won't allow it. The company you work for won't allow it. Uh, because all their marketing ramifications. If you own, if you own your name and you own your trademark, then all the marketing that you want to do would come to you. Correct. Yeah. If they give you a name and they trademark it, all the money comes to them. So very few people, and I mean, very few wrestle under their real name. But if there's they, a few, if, if there wasn't, um, a restriction, I guess the, the, the gist of the question is, are there benefits to not having that be your legal name? Like maybe registering at hotel rooms or, uh, people being able to look up your address or property records or from a just fan interaction slash privacy mode. Is there a benefit to using a stage name? 
Yeah. In the old days, you wanted to have, you know, some anonymity. Yeah. Uh, of course, you, know, you didn't want to be able to be found or, you know, today you can Google search your, your house, uh, your phone number, your wife's phone number, your kid's phone numbers, your address, all that stuff's available. Uh, back then, you would have never dreamed that th- that kind of stuff, that was your only, because you give yourself publicly uh, to the audience under a stage name. That's who, That stage name belongs to the audience. And that's what you give them. And you go out and you entertain their ass off. Uh, but when you go back home, you become you again and, uh, or you should. And that's the way it was at my house. Uh, but there, you know, the benefit of, of having the anonymity, very important. Hey, real quick. I want to remind you that this episode is sponsored by blue chew guys. Remember the days when you were always ready to go. Well, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. And man, are they going to help you start the new year with a bang? Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as both Viagra and Cialis. You can take these dudes anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises if you're picking up what I'm putting down. If you could benefit from more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor's office or wait in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. No awkwardness, and you don't have to leave the house. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment for free when you use our special promo code ARN. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B L U E C H E W dot com, and the promo code is ARN to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. And remember, when you support our sponsors, you make this podcast possible. So please be sure to use the promo code ARN at bluechew.com. Boy, here's one that I don't even know that you're ready for. Razor's Edge asks Did ARN know that Dusty was the Midnight Rider? <laughs> I knew that guy from somewhere. I just couldn't put a finger on it. <laughs> Some of the best promos ever where he's in a mask, wearing a hat, got a full jacket on different scene, different setup. And then he starts talking and he's not even pretending to put on a different voice. It was tremendous. Yeah. I mean, it really, and the thing is the audience all got it. Of course. I mean, that's what made it so cool. Everybody was in on it. You know, and that's that's what made Dusty part of so entertaining. You know, he was just that character, and uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of great entertainment. Nate Sullum says, "What was the injury that kept Arn out of Wrestle War '91, and what does he remember about the Sid Powerbomb and Brian Pillman in that War Games match?" Don't remember anything other than uh, that was. Like, uh, one of the nights that I had some issues with my neck and, uh, I had had an incident happen prior with WWF. This was like number two and it just, 
I'm crawling across the ring and um, my arm just died on me. It's one of the weirdest things ever. And it was second cracked vertebrae that I had had. And it, uh, it just decided to kick in um, that night and uh, I couldn't lift my arm. So that was a three month rehab uh, that I had to take off and rehab that, that arm back. It was, uh, it was kind of the beginning of the end, to be honest with you. Jay Felton writes, did you ever have a match against Harley race? Any good Harley stories? Don't best thing I can, can tell you about Harley. Now this is Harley race renowned in the business, renowned with the boys, renowned with the fans, respected by all. Every time we would run Kansas city out that way or somewhere close, Harley's wife and Harley would spend a couple of days cooking and have the whole crew over their house. He'd have a pig, he'd have 20 racks of ribs, he'd have 10 chickens. And I mean, they literally would cook for, for 48 hours for the boys and he would have a big party and stuff. And he was just a, man, this is, we should be having this party for him. Right. Somewhere. Uh, he just was that kind of guy. And BJ, his wife was really a, just a sweet person and, and they just took care of us. And, uh, we had some of our greatest times just going to Harley's and eating and, and drinking and, uh, you know, just shooting pool. It was just different time. The boys were all close. Really was, really was, uh, a wonderful time in the business. Do you remember what Harley's drinks of choice were? I think he's a crown crown Royal guy. I know he would drink a shit pot of beer on a trip. Not sure of his brand, but if I was guessing probably Budweiser. It's amazing to me how crown Royal seems to be synonymous with so many guys. JR used to drink it. Jim Crockett used to drink it. It was like the drink of old school wrestling success. Wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, they just poured over a couple of ice cubes and. It's all they needed. Yeah. No maintenance. Uh, the senior wants to know whatever happened to Mr. Electricity, Steve Regal. I don't remember seeing him after the 86 great American bass shows. I don't know. It, I'm not sure. Um, you ever have any interaction with him? Not a lot. Not really. Um, I mean, he was, uh, he was a good performer for what I could tell, you know, it was like, uh, you know, smaller, but in those days, you know, if you could perform, it was okay. Uh, he, uh, I don't know, really know what happened to him. Rob writes, was there anybody you had to ride with that you thought what you wouldn't get along with, but wound up being pretty cool. Hmm. Buddy Landale, maybe. Really? You didn't think you'd get along with Buddy? Well, no, no. It wasn't even about getting along with him. Buddy is wide open. Oh, I see. And, uh, you know, Buddy was pretty much the captain of his own ship. Every minute of every day. And it's like, I remember one day I'm going down the road and I'm, I made the mistake of, uh, now I'm sitting, it was just me and Buddy and, uh, 
I got a little bit preoccupied in what I was doing and I wasn't paying attention that some guy was tailgating apparently buddy. Mm. So buddy reaches across, opens up the, uh, uh, glove compartment and pulls out a 44 Magnum. Oh, he changes lanes. The guy pulls up beside us on my side, Buddy reaches right across me with that big ass 44 Magnum and points it at the guy. Well, you can imagine the guy locked it down. Guy behind him almost hit him, went off the road. It was, it came real close to being a major high spot. And, uh, <laughs> needless to say, a screaming fit happened between me and Buddy. He pulled off down a side road so we could collect ourselves. But that was just, you know, stories like that with Buddy traveling. He would leave late, drive 100 miles an hour to the town to make up the, the 20 minutes that, that he left late. It was just, you know, and I always got along with Buddy. I thought Buddy was entertaining as hell most of the time. I mean, he really, just a funny guy. Because you knew he's working. Buddy was like a uh, Ric Flair version of the Iron Sheik. What, what'd you hear? Of, that's a great analogy, by the way. What'd you hear of the whole falling out with him and Dusty that ultimately wound up with him being stripped of the national title and he's out of here? Well, it's real simple. He had, he had been warned a couple of times. We went to Atlanta TV and uh, on the sp- the Saturday that we were going to shoot the angle with him and Flair, which was going to make Buddy a party, and it got around, you know, started to be time for Buddy to get to TV. Nobody could find him. JJ knew where he stayed. Buddy sent, or Dusty sent uh, JJ to go get him, banged on his door, banged on his door. Buddy cracked the door. Yes, yes, JJ. Buddy, let's go, man. You got to get to TV. Today's your day. Today's your angle, man. What are you doing? James, tell him I won't make it. I'm not going to make it. Now, I don't know if it was whatever had a hold of him, had that much control of him. Uh, I don't know if he was scared to death of being uh, successful. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Some people are afraid of success and I don't know what it was, but on that day I saw a man flush millions of dollars right down the tube. It's unbelievable. I mean, his career never really got that momentum again and he had some great matches and continued to be a good performer, but it was all downhill after that. Let's try to end on high note. Uh, What was the rowdiest small town from JCP near Charlotte? So back in the old Crockett days, was it Gastonia, Shelby, Hickory, Rock Hill? Hmm. Rowdy. You know, uh, Fayetteville was pretty rowdy. Okay. A lot of soldiers, a lot of tough soldiers out there. And. If I remember right, horsemen were not baby faces, not in Fayetteville. 
military town, military guys. And, uh, you know, they attempt to come over that rail occasionally. Mostly male audience, groups of guys, groups of soldiers. It, uh, got a little wound up. Well, before we get out of here, uh, you and I, I guess can give a, a bit of a peek behind the curtain. We sometimes put shows in the can and try to get ahead. And unfortunately uh, in doing that, we missed a major happening in professional wrestling and you guys did a great job paying tribute to a great man last week. We lost Brody Lee, the former Luke Harper. I don't know. You put a big statement out on Twitter over at the Arn show, but I wanted to give you a chance as we wrap up this ask Arn anything episode, our very first episode of 2021. If you wanted to perhaps share a few thoughts or words about Mr. Huber or his family or what AEW did to try to, uh, celebrate his life last Wednesday. Yeah. And I, and I've never felt more foolish, you know, we've with the pandemic being what it is and, and Conrad having the schedule that he has, God bless him and trying to fit everything that he can into his schedule, you know, we filmed some shows ahead yeah, and, uh, it just got lost in the shuffle. Uh, as far as, you know, the first thing that should have been said on that broadcast was, you know, the, the celebration of, of life that was going on. Uh, Brody Lee is one of my dearest friends. I love that man forever. He's just, he's just one of the best people slash performers slash businessman, slash father, slash husband. I could go on and on and on and on. And he was just one of those people that you meet and you know that he's genuine. And his love for his family and his love for the business and the fans, for that matter, was just unparalleled. And if you look at the outpouring universally, I would go on record to say this. I have never seen anyone involved in our business so celebrated their life, their passing, what they had accomplished as Buddy Lee, as uh, Brody Lee has been. I mean, it's the outpouring from your fans, and I want to thank you very dearly. I know what it meant to his wife and you speaking up and, and letting us know, you know, it's something that's going to be very difficult, you know, to live with, but we celebrate the man that he was and always will be to all of us. So it was a fumble. I take responsibility for it. Uh, like I said, it's, it's, uh, there's very few like that man and, uh, God bless him and God bless everybody that had something kind of say about him. One of the best man, great guy. It's really rare when you, you know, you look back and, and all the folks that we've lost in wrestling and you, you see that man, there's not one story that comes out about that guy. That's not a positive story. And it's a testament to who he was not only in the ring, but out of the ring. And I thought you guys did a tremendous job on dynamite last week, just trying to celebrate him and make a very special night, not only for his wife, but for his son and for the extended family that exists in professional wrestling and his actual, you know, biological family, because what a legacy he leaves behind. And I don't know that me and you have talked about this, but uh, the other day on what happened when with Tony Schiavone, he and I decided that we're going to kick in and uh, we're going to give a, uh, 
a scholarship to a wrestling school in his name. We're going to make it like a, a Brody Lee Memorial wrestling scholarship for a young person who, for whatever reason, doesn't have the resources to, uh, to foot the bill because it was his dream and he got to live his dream and uh, hopefully his son gets to as well. And we're going to do what we can to sort of celebrate him on our shows together. And I appreciate you, uh, just sharing your experience with him. Anything we can do for that family or anyone else that you see fit bigger man. We're going to make it happen. Boys and girls. Thank you so much for joining us here for the very first Arn of 2021. This was hashtag ask Arn anything next week. We're going to do something super lighthearted, super fun. We're going to do a watch along from January 16th, 1993. It's a Saturday night show. You don't want to miss. Arn is going to moan and groan and laugh and cry all at the same time. Don't miss it. It's next week right here on Arn. By the way, the best way to introduce something to wrestle to the wrestling fan in your life is to send them to our YouTube channel. It's youtube.com forward slash something to wrestle. Do us a favor. Go hit that subscribe button right now. You'll get a sneak peek of upcoming episodes, lots of fun clips to show your friends. And maybe best of all, we have a ton of new giveaways headed your way over at youtube.com forward slash something to wrestle. Plus we've got a ton of new gimmicks up at boxofgimmicks.com. For instance, we've got a lot of Dave Silva's cover arts on posters. There's lots of different ways to support the show and be a part of the ad-free show community. Check them out right now at boxofgimmicks.com. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button over at youtube.com forward slash something to wrestle. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. Everybody's heard this. Make sure your sweetheart knows she's your star. Picture it. It's Valentine's day. And she opens this really cool gift box and out slides a blue rose trimmed in gold. You know, the blue color of the sky just before the sun sets. And you can start seeing all the stars sparkling in the night sky. It's breathtaking. Now picture a magnificent real 24 karat gold rose deeply dipped in pure 24 karat gold with petals in this rich blue color covered in sparkles that mimic the stars in the sky. That's twinkle twinkle. The brand new exclusive rose only available at Steven Singer jewelers, real jewelers, real roses, really dipped in pure 24 karat gold with a real lifetime guarantee. It's always the number one Valentine's day gift that lasts forever. It comes with your own free personal love note and it ships fast and free to the love of your life, your wife, your daughter, or your sweetheart. And it says, I'm so lucky to have you in my life. Steven's brand new roses is $79. But his real 24 karat gold dipped roses started only 59. Go right now to IHateStevenSinger.com. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Hey, before we get out of here, I want to remind you that at SaveWithConrad.com, we don't just help people refinance. We can help you buy your dream home. But don't take my word for it. Check out Mickey. That's right. Mickey James from WWE. She and her husband, the NWA world champion, Nick Aldis, went to SaveWithConrad.com. We hooked them up and they left us this five-star review. Conrad and his entire team were amazing. We found the perfect house and they worked so hard to make it a reality. So grateful. I would suggest them to anyone looking to buy a home, refinance, or upgrade their existing home. If you want someone who will work hard for you, this is your team. Thanks guys. Mickey. No, thank you, Mickey. We appreciate you and Mr. Aldous putting your faith and confidence in us. And we're going to treat you guys listening at home right now the exact same way. We're hooking up all the stars and you can be our next success story. 
I want to remind you with the interest rates lower than ever, that means your buying power is at an all time high. What's that mean in layman's terms? You can get a bigger, nicer, better house with a cheaper monthly payment than ever before. Find out how easy it is to get started right now at SaveWithConrad.com. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. And by the way, if you don't qualify right now, we're going to get you a battle plan to show you how to qualify later this year. But you need to start right now at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. And did I mention we're licensed in more than 40 states? Step one to getting into your dream home, SaveWithConrad.com. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.